The Gut Pharmacist Podcast with Riley Ramosco, traditional naturopath and holistic nutritionist. Mold. This is a big topic. In allopathic, it's not much of a big topic. In fact, a lot of those people don't really believe in mold or realize what it does to the body. Here in functional medicine and naturopathic medicine and even integrative, we understand what mold does to the body and how it causes people to be chronically ill. In fact, a lot of my clients have dealt with mold illness and I do work with it all the time. It can cause a lot to the body, and we're going to talk about that today, specifically in regards to what mold does to the gut. Now, first, I want to clear up a few misconceptions. One, mold can actually thrive in a dry environment and in dry climates. In fact, a lot of homes here in Idaho, where I'm at, do have mold. And number two, new homes can also have mold. New homes with the cheap uh, materials that are used today being left outside, one rainfall and mixed with the spores that are already present in the environment, you have a new home material, new the material of the new home having spores. And then you add water, rainfall, there it has mold. So you can see it's very simple for a new home to have mold with the cheap materials and things being left out in the rain. And then lastly, mold can hide. It's not always where you would expect it and it's not always visible. It could be in your car even, in your ventilation system, HVAC. Uh, behind the walls. It could be hidden. So it can be in new homes, it can be hidden, and it can be in dry climates. So I just wanted to clear up those misconceptions because mold can grow pretty much anywhere as long as there's spores and water. And let me tell you, you have spores inside of your home. Whether you have mold or not, that's determined by a variety of factors, moisture, cleanliness, etc., ventilation but it can happen anywhere and it can happen to anyone. And it can also happen in your childhood. You might not even remember if you were exposed to mold. It could be an old infection that is all of a sudden reactivated or finally catching up to you just with life factors, with other illnesses, with the food these days. It can reactivate and it can be an old infection. And mold also likes to reactivate other infections. It likes to bring in many different types of things to the body, like candida, dysbiosis, leaky gut, etc. So let's get to that. We're going to talk about what mold does to the body and what it specifically does to the gut. One of the biggest ways that mold exposure affects your gut is by changing your gut microbiome and also loosening the tight junctions of the intestines, which contributes to leaky gut. Mold even paralyzes the enteric nerves, which are the nerves that line the small intestine and other areas of the digestive system. Those nerves help to promote motility and peristalsis and other digestive movements. So mold actually changes the nervous system in your gut and of course the central nervous system. It affects many organs of the body, the liver, the brain, the kidneys, adrenals, 
and definitely the gut in other things. What mold does is it releases these mycotoxins. These are produced by the mold to protect itself, kill off other molds. These are just protective chemicals that are secreted by the mold. So these mycotoxins not only increase other infections and invite other infections in, but they can even decrease your beneficial bacteria, putting you even more at risk for other infections. It can also cause a decrease in the levels of short-chain fatty acids, which are these beneficial compounds that your microbiome produces when it ferments fiber and sometimes proteins. These short-chain fatty acids help to reduce inflammation, they promote antioxidants, they help with mood support, gut support, leaky gut support, etc. So mold can actually decrease the production of these beneficial compounds. So it's doing all of these things. Now you're left with immune and gut damage, which affects pretty much every other organ of the body, including the liver and the brain and all these other things. So mold does a lot to the gut. As a recap, it changes the microbiome, it can contribute to leaky gut, and it can paralyze those enteric nerves, which can paralyze the motility, putting you more at risk for overgrowth issues like SIBO, intestinal methanogen overgrowth, candida, etc. So mold definitely does a lot. It releases these mycotoxins and opens up the floodgates for other infections to take over. It loves to create these biofilms and invite other pathogens in. Mold, yeast, bacteria, parasites, Lyme disease, all these things tend to go together because if you have one of them, your immune system is already impaired. Therefore, you're more at risk for other things to take over, even if they're old infections, even if they were not severe before, but now you have this new infection of mold and all of a sudden your herpes virus is reactivated, your Epstein-Barr virus is activated, your Lyme, all these infections that you weren't even aware of in the first place. Mold is affecting the gut, the immune system, the brain, the liver, and now all of a sudden you have these other things that are coming out of the surface. It's a lot, I know. It's overwhelming. So how do we know if we've been exposed to mold? Well, one, obviously if it's visible in the environment you've been in currently or in the past, that's one trigger. If you feel worse when it's rainy or humid, if you feel more sick at that time, if you feel worse in a specific place and you feel better in other places, or even as a child, if you remember being around mold. But keep in mind, new homes can have it, like we said, dry environments can have it, and also other places that we don't really consider, like behind the toilet, by the shower, behind the walls, in the car. So consider these things too. And you also don't have to be currently in it. You could have been in this mold in the past and the mycotoxins were never properly detoxed out of your body. 
over time, maybe they stayed there, didn't cause issues, or maybe they did and you didn't know. Now all of a sudden other things are happening and you have this cascade of chronic illness events. So what are some symptoms of mold exposure that you should look for? Chronic allergies, upper sinus issues, sinus infections that don't go away, itchy, watery eyes, feeling sick every time you wake up, maybe you're sleeping next to an AC vent, and definitely check your HVAC too, by the way, might need some cleaning with allergens and all that. But chronic allergies, that's a big one. Sinus infections, commonly fungal infections, skin conditions, any type of newer skin issues that just popped up, acne, scabbing, irritation, rosacea, any kind of skin issues, throat narrowing, stuff to do with the throat and lungs, shortness of breath, LPR, which is the silent type of reflux, which is more of a mucusy reflux that you don't really always have acid, but you have this mucus, ear, nose, throat issue, throat narrowing, definitely sometimes mold. If you have an autoimmune condition, any type of autoimmune condition can be activated or worsened by mold exposure. If you have chronic headaches or migraines, digestive symptoms, of course, that ranges from everything from gas and bloating to a full-on digestive issue, any kind of gut issues, as we know, we talked about what mold can do to the gut. Chronic fatigue, fatigue that you can't really figure out. Weird neurological symptoms like tingling, burning, maybe even seizures or full-on neurological disorders. Mold can also do that. Brain fog, mood disorders. If you just don't feel like yourself, maybe you swing from one mood to another. Maybe you have severe anxiety or depression. You can't focus. You can't concentrate. You have brain fog. Those are also symptoms. Food and chemical sensitivities. If you feel sick when you smell someone's perfume or if they have residues of detergent and it just makes you feel sick and nauseous, that's another sign of mold exposure. Food and chemical sensitivities. And then other pathogenic overgrowth like candida, dysbiosis, anything to affect the gut and the immune system has a lot to do with mold. And then I forgot to mention with the sinus issues, post-nasal drip and allergies. That's another major sign of mold exposure. And there are a lot more I could cover, but those are probably the most common ones. And mold is highly overlooked because modern medicine usually dismisses it. They don't really care about mold. It's not a thing to them. Mold can cause severe damage to the gut and systemic damage to the brain even if it's not addressed. There are some common diagnoses that I see that are usually linked to mold exposure. If you know me by now, you know that I believe diagnoses are just BS labels. I don't care about the label. I want to know what's causing the label. So some common conditions that mold exposure likes to mask as are LPR, silent reflux, 
SIBO and intestinal methanogen overgrowth, which is the new term for methane SIBO, chronic sinusitis and rhinitis, mast cell activation syndrome, autoimmune disorders of any kind, really, because mold affects the immune system and can worsen things, fibromyalgia even, because mold likes to, again, reactivate old infections. And we've seen that certain infections can contribute to fibromyalgia and also Lyme disease. Mold likes to either activate or irritate Lyme disease. So if you didn't know you had it before, mold will most likely make sure you know you have it now. So mold is a very complex issue. And yes, again, you can still have mycotoxins in your body many, many years after mold exposure if you haven't done a comprehensive protocol. Mold really doesn't require much humidity to thrive, and it can wreak havoc on the entire body if it's not treated in time. In fact, a client I had came to me with severe LPR symptoms, which is the silent reflux. I would definitely suggest looking up LPR if you've dealt with reflux before. So this person came to me with LPR, things like trouble breathing, shortness of breath, allergies, sinus infections, and multiple digestive symptoms. Based on his history and the things he told me, his environment, I automatically thought, well, we should probably test for mycotoxins just in case, just to rule out mold exposure. This person agreed. A couple weeks later, we finally got the results, and this person was positive for three out of five major mycotoxins. So then we started a protocol, started feeling better slowly over time. It does take some time. It's not always an immediate result, but if mycotoxins are present in the body, they do need to come out before you start any other comprehensive protocol, normally. Normally, mold is first, but there are some exceptions. I like to start there, however. But yeah, again, if you have areas of water damage, humidity, visible mold, definitely want to check for mycotoxins. But before you get it out of the body, you need to get it out of the environment. So that's with thorough remediation or even moving, if possible. But remediation is another barrier that a lot of people have to deal with because most inspectors do not search for mold properly. So one of the companies I like to refer people to is called Yes, We Inspect. I have absolutely no affiliation with them. They're not paying me for this. I just think that they're a great resource to either help people virtually or find inspectors in that area. They really know what to do and they know how to look for hidden mold. So yes, we inspect as a great company. So step one, you got to get out of that environment or remediate it. And as far as getting it out of your body, it's hard to just throw out a protocol here. It, it does a lot of damage to many different areas of the body and it really depends on the person. Your best bet is working with a functional or naturopathic integrative practitioner who is familiar with mold and how to address it. It's very unlikely you're going to find any help in the allopathic side because they consistently dismiss it and they dismiss mold illness. 
and the chronic inflammatory response syndrome that it commonly causes. So there you have it all about mold, what it does to the gut. So it changes the microbiome, causes leaky gut, paralyzes the motility, and invites all these other infections in. It also likes to hide in the liver and the brain, causes multiple systemic issues, including things as severe as autoimmune disease, seizures, and other neurological disorders. So if you're having a lot of weird symptoms and you can't figure it out, and potentially you can put the dots together, maybe mold is something to look into. That was it for today, guys. Again, I hope that helped. Thank you so much for listening. Please support this podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Gut Expert Riley, on Facebook at The Gut Pharmacist, pharmacist with F-A-R-M. And I'm also on YouTube as The Gut Pharmacist. Hope to hear from you and connect with you all. Stay happy and healthy. Hey there. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Gut Expert Riley, on Facebook at The Gut Pharmacist, same spelling as this podcast, on YouTube at The Gut Pharmacist, and my website is holisticriley.podia.com, where you can find information on working with me, my background, and more helpful information to feel empowered in your journey.